You're listening to the Alex Wolf Audio Odyssey. originally from Mexico. I immigrated to Canada about uh, eight years ago and I actually uh, went to Northern Ontario, North Bay specifically, and I spent some time there. So um, I got to uh, interact with the people in the community there. And uh, good or bad, like we uh, we were always aware of the shortage of people that there were in, uh, in that time. I'm talking about eight years ago. Um, eventually, you know, I made my move to the city. Um, I well, what was your, like, your process like for your immigration? Because you're saying, how old were you when you came to Canada? I was about 24. Okay. And uh, I mean, back then there wasn't a lot of information about immigration. And uh, we just looked it up online, and my brother and I actually. And uh, we decided to come to school. Uh, that was like the one of the only ways back then. Like a school exchange? Yeah, like... it was like a, as an international student. Ah, so. Okay. We had the opportunity to go to Canada College. Uh, we did a uh, two-year program there, condensing one year as a machining program. So uh, after that, we were supposed to, we got a work permit for the duration of our, uh, of our uh, program. Okay. And that's where like, you know, we got hired first in uh, North Bay, and then we went to Berks Falls. And um, we're working for a very large manufacturing company there, uh, Lofthouse. I don't know if I'm allowed to say names of brands here, but like anyway, you said <laughs> it. What was, what was like the experience, right? Because coming from Mexico, had you visited or like gone to the U.S. or anything type of traveling-wise? No, I had never been uh, outside of Mexico. To be honest, I've traveled in Mexico, and I heard, and I knew everything and a lot about you know Canada and the United States. My sister, actually, I'm I'm lying. Uh, my sister. Um, got married in Canada so that's the first time we came to Canada and we loved it okay uh, she uh, she had a wedding in uh, Timmins um, and so summer obviously some yeah okay. summer so it was beautiful you know uh, great weather you know I got to see like you know like all the uh, like the atmosphere and everything we really liked it and uh, back then um, 2000 and what was I said like 11 12 it was when um, when the situation like 2009 10 when the situation in Mexico was pretty, uh, pretty tough with uh, with the drug cartels and everything, I was when, studying. Uh, what was the president's name? Uh, uh, Calderon. Calderon like declared war. Yeah, I was all, like when the the war was there, you know, and, like where, all the bad news of like people disappearing and dying. Every that, that's when it all happened. Exactly, that's exactly what pushed us to okay. make a decision because uh, it was just getting almost impossible to to live where we were. Where were you? Uh, Tampico. Tamaulipas. Okay. That's in the north uh, part so of Mexico. So you were pretty up there. Yeah, it's like a pretty important... Uh, okay. I, I think that's where the largest... Uh, um, how do you say? Like industrial port mm. in Mexico is. So it's... Um, and I think it's the second largest in uh, in North America. First one is in Houston or uh, Texas somewhere. So it was a pretty uh, pretty hot spot for, the, um, for all these um, drug cartels. So... Yeah. You know that pushed us to Canada. We came in. We uh, we were studying mechatronics engineer back then, so uh, machining, CNC programming. It was something related to what we were doing, and uh, you know we uh, we had a great experience in Canada. Um, 
the community here in uh, North Bay was uh, was great. Like they they really made the, made us feel like very welcomed, and uh, that's why we decided to stay here. You know, we stayed in. Uh, I say we because my brother was with me. Like you know, we got hired in the same company. Um, working for Sandvik first, and, and your then, sister was already here because she got married, right? Yeah, she was. Uh, she was here uh, before, so um, I mean, she was um, here in the north too. So uh, then we went to to uh, Berks Falls, a smaller town, smaller community, but huge potential in, in the company, and we learned a lot. Um, the people there were great, um, starting from the management all the way to like the people on the floor and uh, the community. So uh, it was a very good experience and you know we uh i always had that uh curiosity of going to the city and everyone talks about toronto montreal vancouver so i say you know what i think i've learned uh enough here to uh maybe you know try to look for a bigger challenge you know i know like uh sometimes the city could be uh, a little bit intimidating could be fun but uh i mean i made my decision and i started working there again um, a different, same field, you know, I was like more of an R&D company. He knew about all this, uh, all this uh, shortage of people and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end, uh, I mean, we, uh, he had his struggles when he was in Ottawa. So he kept telling you know what, I mean, like super hard to get people here, like our turno- turnover is super high, like people are not applying. Because like, he was working at, uh, at uh, Kruger and uh, got to know. But he was like in what position? He was on HR. Okay, so he saw directly. Yeah, he the shortage of people, the turnaround, exactly. like everything. He was exposed to that. So essentially, what happened here is like I was seeing it from like the operation side, like on the floor to mm-hmm. see like the shortage of people, and he was seeing it from a management perspective, where like he he was having a hard time like planning and uh, just like you know. Uh, just trying to to uh, plan their workforce because it was pretty uh, pretty unstable, high turnovers, uh, and they just couldn't you know couldn't really plan and have something solid. So, uh, like I said, it was a, a talk that we had for a long time, and uh, it finally came to a point where, like I said, you know what? Why don't we just do this? I mean, the numbers are there. If you look at uh, the um, the birth rate in Canada right now, and I, like I, I said to you, I don't want to sound like sales pitchy here but um the birth rate in canada is at 1.6 yeah. percent right now not so, enough to actually it's like under right you can't, yeah we, we, it takes two people to have a kid you have one so you're losing every time one exactly and that and that's the thing like we're we are we're in the risk of facing a uh, decrease in the population mm-hmm. so immigration is not just something that uh, people are trying to do to get cheaper labor or anything like that it's it's a it's a necessity, yeah. you know. Like we need at least a two point two uh, percent or two point two people per couple mm-hmm. to keep the the you know the population at the same at the same level. So right now we are point six percent or point yeah. six people below. So we're not even uh, replacing ourselves, right? Like I can use that share an example of mine. Like I started this uh, new Ray Media. It's uh, so basically a startup not even a couple months old and I started trying to find a graphic designer right and I put all my ads let's say total I had 40 applicants and a quarter of that was people with zero experience just people with like Walmart no school nothing applying for a graphic designer so and the rest were I don't want to say they're just not what I needed I needed higher quality I need something 
with talent, <laughs> not to sound like, like an ass. But yeah, like that was like a month or two months of applying and looking for people. And then like I've talked to you guys, we've been friends for a while. So I'm like thinking, shit, maybe I'll apply and look for in Mexico. So I put an ad in Mexico, put everything. Maybe you could work in Canada looking for somebody with this kind of experience. And in three days, I had 220 applications. Wow. And everybody qualified. I saw people with masters in graphic design. I saw one app, I won't single out people, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, people with multiple languages, like that spoke fluent French, English, some German. Spanish, like German, yeah. And like just ridiculous amount of people of talent that wanted to work for me, Yeah. which I couldn't find here. Yeah. Because what I would have had, to, if I hired someone from this area or willing to relocate from Toronto, which was like nobody, I would have had to hire somebody that didn't fill the needs that I needed. Yeah, you know, and that, and that's that's the problem is Alex that the people like the good people, people that you're looking for, are already employed. Mm-hmm. You know, and they are being like poached around sometimes because they're good and there's not a lot of access to people, right? And you'll face that, like, not, I mean, you have that example, but if you go to like um, uh, occupations like welders, machinists, uh, millwrights, uh, uh, underground miners, like, they're all having the same time, like, hard time. Like, you know, they're having like these people that are retiring or already retired, and then you have this young, um, young people coming in but in experience that they need someone in the middle to to help them uh, you know the with transition. onboarding exactly yeah. and that's a problem like we're facing and this is something that we've seen like there's a gap in between um i want to say the baby boomers but like you know the people that are like 40 plus like 45 and you know the ones that are like 18 to like 23 so you have this good talent uh or up and comers but they need some uh some guidance mm-hmm. and then you have these people are retiring so i would say between 28 to 37 40 there's a huge gap and yeah. that's like people on their prime that can be adding a lot of uh value to a company that can be helping with uh coaching uh um you know uh, taking on like apprentices and all mm-hmm. that so you don't have those people you can't take on these younger people right so uh that's like uh i mean that's that's one of the problems we, we've seen and this is uh um immigration what they can do you can actually find those people at in that spot you know 30s 32 33 with like um a lot of experience obviously i'm not gonna say it's better or worse but they have a different perspective you know immigration it, it brings you uh uh more innovation you know because people do things different in other parts of the world Sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse. But I mean, that's where you can, you know, mix and and, and match, you know, things, and um, just so like it works better for for your company needs. You get uh, stability because um, a lot of these programs offer, or, or the programs that we work with, they offer a two to three uh, year uh, close work permit, which allows the company to be sure that they can count on this person for a minimum of two years up to three years and it can be renewed i mean some of these programs or most of them apply for permanent residency so once they get to a certain point they can apply for a permanent residency and then these people can stay these are people are coming in they're adding value to the to the um to the country they're um, you know they're buying houses they're opening bank accounts you know they're bringing their kids to school so 
I mean, overall, I think it's helping, you know, the, the, the economy is helping. Especially in the North, right? Because in the North, yeah. all the statistics are even worse. There's a lot of out-migration in the North. Yeah. You know, even like people that are from, you know, from the North, they are... They're born there. They're born there, but they, you know, I mean, everyone wants to go. I mean, a lot of people want to go to all like, three, You're young. You want to go to the city. You want to try it out, right? You want to, yeah, yeah. It's like that, that, you know, and it happens to us. And I mean, in Mexico and other countries where like you're from a smaller town and you, you want know, to go to the Mexico city or like Mexico city, Querétaro, yeah, or yeah. Monterrey, like, you know, you just want to try and see what, what it feels like. And it's good because there's some people are going back and, but they're going back like at a later age mm -hmm. and, uh, a lot of the times, like, you know, it's, you know, there's just not enough people going back. And uh, I think uh, what we are doing and what we are uh, trying to do with this communities is um, help them, you know, help them uh, uh, fulfill their their employment gaps and uh, bringing people that, like I, like I said, like can add value to. I mean, to just community. bringing a couple of families in, there's just more people paying taxes there, more people buying food cars houses everything right so it's not like everybody in the whole community benefits of having immigrants or just anybody coming into that town and living there right I mean, like it's just as simple as you know um if you want to keep the schools running mm -hmm. you need kids if there's yeah. no kids the schools are shutting down and it has happened in some uh, communities you know around northern ontario where they just don't have enough kids you know they have like four or five kids in a classroom right so yeah. how can you uh justify having a uh, a school running when you With only have kids. Yeah, five kids in in, yeah. uh, in a classroom so i mean things like that you know like if you're creating more demand for the services you know there's going to be more hospitals there's going to be more schools there's going to be more services and available. i'm sure you also have not just more services but quality right because with demand becomes competition exactly you know, you're creating more jobs, you're creating more uh, more services, there's more people coming in and like I said, I mean, they're, they are uh, contributing to, to the uh, to well-being of the, of the community and the, and, uh, and the country in general. Right? Like, what's the reception with businesses? Are, are they interested? Um, there are some that are, like, they, they see the value. Mm -hmm. There are some others where uh, it's something new. Um, and we need to explain to them how this works. And I mean, mm -hmm. I'm glad like you're sharing, you know, your space with, with us and your time, because this is something that we need to do. We need to get the word out there to, to talk to them and tell them, you know, what this is all about. And there are some others that have tried it in the past, but because they didn't have the help of an immigration consultant, they didn't have the help of an international recruitment firm or something like that, they just, didn't know how to do it properly, you know. They so their experience was bad. So now exactly that so, whole thing is bad. Exactly, and, that, and that's something that you know a lot of the times doesn't help for mm -hmm. us because um, they think that it's the same, you know, all across. And I mean, Anthony, uh, besides his uh, HR um, designations, he's also an immigration consultant, so he can navigate the whole immigration process without uh, having to go to a third party, without. Uh, having to, you know, have all those struggles. Like the companies can come to us and we'll take care of everything. You mm -hmm. know, they don't have to worry about, you know, I got to fill out this form, do I do this, do I choose this? Like we tell them everything. We help them, we assist them. And uh, we essentially, you know, work in partnership with them. With, and uh, we we take on all that uh, that work of, uh, you know, uh, researching and, and, you know, having all the material and the information ready for them. So do you guys 
Because you'll do the paperwork. Do you guys find the the recruits? Do you yeah or, like you help in that process too, or just the paperwork? No, we do. Like that's that's one of the uh, cool things, or like uh, one of the the uh, the service offerings of uh, Ivy is that we do everything in house. So uh, a lot of the times you will see just international recruiters, lawyers, mm-hmm. or international recruiters and uh, immigration consultants. So we are able to do the immigration and recruitment ourselves. So uh, myself, I'm the, uh, the one responsible for all the uh, recruitment and anything that has to do with workers outside of Canada. So uh, if you ask me where do you go, like uh, we're mostly, uh, or we have partnerships in countries like Mexico. I'm from Mexico, uh, Peru, uh, for the mining companies and all of that. We have a great market there. We're in Colombia, great trades very motivated people. Uh, we're starting in Chile too, same thing. There's a, a lot of demand for uh, um, engineers and mining uh, people from, from Chile. And then for the Francophone countries, or the, uh, the Francophone part of uh, Canada, we're in countries like Morocco, Tunisia, France. Uh, we're uh, trying, uh, we're close to uh, to find or get a partnership with uh, with a few uh, government organizations from Belgium and uh, also from uh, Algeria. I was going to say in Spanish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, that's for the French part. And then we're also with uh, some uh, East European countries. Yeah, because um, it's kind of hard. I mean, as a consumer, I, I put myself in, in the head of a consumer. And it's difficult hiring somebody that's a... Uh, it's great that they're super specific and they know what they're doing in an area, but... When they only focus on one fraction of the whole equation, and you hire them for that, and fine, they do the paperwork. Like, okay, where do you find the people? I, I don't have no idea. I mean, it's hard enough finding and putting ads here in Canada, but how do you sift through people in Mexico? How do you things that you need to know how to recruit? Now you probably need to travel over there. So like, there's a lot of issues if you start hiring one person to do the immigration process and then another person to find the per- the, the people yeah. and then you're dealing with so many like as a person or as a businessman I just like Jesus that's a lot of stuff like I'd and rather have somebody who does it all it, it, and even like we see ourselves like we're working under the same umbrella we're working in the same company and uh, sometimes like you see like there's some uh, complexities even mm-hmm. though like we're doing it together I can't imagine when like you, you you're trying to hire someone just based on a CV. Yeah. You, know, you don't even know how that person looks or if he can actually, he or she can actually weld, like using a welder as an example. Uh, but his or her English is, is good. Like you, you don't know any of those things, right? So what we do, we, uh, we depending on the occupation, we, uh, we, first of all, we understand the needs of the company. So a lot of the times, and this is happening a lot now that the companies are lowering their, their requirements because they just need someone. They need a body. Right? Exactly. And I don't, I don't want to put it that way, but yeah, they just need <laughs> someone to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they're willing to do everything. And you know what? We always tell them, like, keep doing that. Like, keep doing your, you know, going to high schools, going to colleges, promoting apprentice, apprenticeship programs. Keep doing that. Immigration is not going to be the solution for everything. for everything but it's it has to be part of their strategy like their recruitment strategy or the part of the solution you know because uh they they need that that part of of uh of uh like the immigration you know mm-hmm. um 
So what we do, and going back to, to that part, like what we do, we uh, once we understand truly what they need, we uh, we even go to like you know to the to the the companies or the shops to see the equipment to see what kind of people they're wor- working with, what kind of uh, materials you know uh, brands, what kind of brands of uh, you know welding machines or CNC machines they are working with, and once we know exactly what they need, then uh, if they tell you know we need two or three five guys then we go uh, and uh, we find them so we we make an assessment on the on the um, on the town I'm not gonna you know it's not the same bringing someone to Toronto than bringing someone to to North Bay or uh, Timmins or Powassan mm-hmm. you know they're smaller smaller towns so uh, when we are doing our screening we do uh, search or we do the screen on the soft skills too I'm not gonna bring you someone to North Bay from Mexico City or from Mumbai or from like Bogota because their lifestyle is different, you know, they're used to like maybe going to, uh, you know, uh, out on the weekends to like nice fancy restaurants or clubs or um, just getting together with friends and all of that because it's just not going to be a fit, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we try to find people that live in similar communities and similar um uh, conditions so that when they come here they feel like you know it's it was a smoother transition you know there's gonna be um some uh how do you say like onboarding adaptation to like the uh, the uh weather the community the language and all of that but if on top of that you add the fact that there's something completely different right everything yeah. and then like how do we choose that? Like we uh, we make an analysis and see which country would be the best to go to based on on all of that criteria, uh, based on the occupation. So I mean, if you are asking me for a minor, um, I wouldn't go. I'm not gonna say I wouldn't go to uh, to France or some some place like that. I'll probably go to Peru, or Chile, or even Mexico, where like we know the kind of mining it's or the the system is pretty similar to to the. Uh, to Canadian system. In fact, there are a lot of Canadian mines operating in this country. So mm-hmm. these people already have the, the skills, they know the system because they're working under the same rules or same uh, uh, health and safety um, uh, regulations. So uh, that's how we we, uh, we decide which country we go to. And then, uh, you know, once we know, we find the people, we test them. So before we even bring them here, I use the the welder example because that's a pretty. Uh, okay, this is exhausting. Man. Yeah, this is yeah. a lot of work. It's uh, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> Imagine no, I can compare it to people just hiring from because like my experience, I got a little like uh, impressed with a couple resumes that I received from Mexican applicants, like uh, like a master's, and then they were doing a minor in business, and I'm like, wow, this person would be amazing, right? Yeah. And then I tried them out. And Jesus Christ, they didn't know what they were doing. So it's it's easy to go judge them by the paper, exactly. but I think you need that person. You, you need, need to actually see it. And then I asked a couple people to create like company T-shirts for me as an example so to see them work off of my ideas because I'm not an easy guy to work with, like idea wise, because my head my head's all over the place. I'll post pictures and be like, okay, okay, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they did t-shirts for me, and, and this one person I was really impressed with. I'm like, okay, this is the one I'm gonna hire. Was don't want to say, but I didn't like what they did. Yeah. And then another person who was just fresh out of school with just their they, they studied uh, like 
industrial design, design. not even graphic design. Industrial design, yeah. Yeah, blew my mind away. Like, yeah. amazing. I'll show you the t shirts later in all of our work, but like, jeez. You should get him or her to make some t shirts for us. Yeah. <laughs> some sick Ivy. Yeah. Join us in the north or something? Yeah, something like that. We, the northeast, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but so you need to actually see and meet the person, deal with them. That, and th this is like where a lot of the uh, the companies that, that have tried it before have failed. Yeah. Because they uh, they didn't know who they were hiring. Like you know, they say you know, I'm a welder, but like, do you know how to weld? You know, mm -hmm. there's a difference from a welder that can just throw a bead there with uh, you know with the uh, stick welding mm -hmm. to uh, a uh, TIG welder or a GTAW they call it. Where like they, you know, they they're almost like artists, these people. Yeah. So, you know, you you gotta go and and and, uh, and test them. You know, it's it's different. It's uh, and once you see them working, like you're like, you know what, like this guy actually like it's better than what the resume showed. You know, um, just quickly, and we were in Querétaro last uh, last uh, May. We were testing 40, 41 welders. Now, those 41, 37 passed the test. And when I'm saying a test, we did a uh, um, AWS test, which is mm -hmm. pretty similar to uh, the uh, CWB that they do here for the uh, Canadian uh, Welding Bureau. I think that's uh, what it means. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like 37 of them passed the test. Like some of them were like amazing, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, when we came back and we showed them, we showed them the videos, we showed them the the uh, the testing. We actually get them certified by a an AWS inspector. That that inspector can work anywhere. Like he can be inspecting in states or in Canada because they are working on their this international uh, standard. So we come back, we show them the testing. I'm like, wow, you know, this is this is, yeah. I think a lot of people. Uh, we exceeded their expectations. They thought it was just going to be like, uh, you know, here's a welder, then go. They'll, they'll get the job done type of yeah. stuff. But no, like, these guys were... I like, don't know if it was you or somebody else that ex that some expression saying that up here in the north, we're kind of fighting for to scrape the, the bottom no, of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, and that's, that's another thing. Like, uh, I mean, here in Canada, people, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't gener generalize because... Uh, um, it might be different cases, but like a lot of the times the people that are having a hard time finding a job is because, you know, there's uh, problems with maybe attitude or just like a bad experience with, uh, mm -hmm. with an employer or something like that. So sometimes you're like trying to, you know, get access to some people that, you know, they were laid off for a reason or fired for a reason. Uh, whereas when you're looking at international recruitment, like you're getting access to like the very the best, very top that yeah. you, might, you would never hear, right? Because you, yeah, you probably get the best here. You would have to overpay them. You have to pay them a lot. A lot. And, and that, and I mean, and like they it, might even say no because I don't want to live. All, I want to be in Toronto. Exactly. Where the actions at. Exactly. And that's the other thing. Like, how are you pulling someone from Toronto to come and live in? Uh, even if they're getting paid less. Exactly. So it, it's so it's, it's hard for businesses. Even if you like, let's say. You're a business out here. You want to succeed. You want to grow. Yeah. You don't want to stag be stagnant in your business. You want to grow, get loans, and get more clients. How do you do that if you don't have the best? Exactly. Or yeah, let's, like, let's leave the best. Yeah, yeah. Enough to work your factory or your... No, and, and even that, Alex, like uh, sometimes like it's not just, uh, just that. It's, uh, 
is the fact that uh, they, you know, like they just don't have people, like period. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no people, let alone like, you know, they have a medium level, a high level, like just they, they just don't have the people. And like the companies are willing to train people. You know, companies are willing to help students to do all of that. But a lot of the times they can only take on so many because mm -hmm. there, there are only so many people available out there, you know. Uh, we have a, uh, a uh, one of our good friends in uh, in Sudbury, and it's also um, he's been doing some uh, some of the business development for us in uh, in South in He uh, he brought uh, I think about thirteen or fifteen uh, international workers. That uh, when they get, got here, like that was I'm talking about, like. I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like they started from the bottom. Now they're supervisors and these people are helping to integrate and uh, to take on new apprentices from Canada. So if you look at it in that, that way, so we, they wouldn't have brought these people, some of these kids wouldn't have the opportunity to be doing their apprenticeship mm. program because, you know, they just wouldn't have uh, that senior person. The mentor. Exactly. So... You know, there are different ways, different angles you can see there. Um, this um, immigration part, I mean, you'll hear about, you know, some negative stories, which is normal. You know, sometimes people just don't adapt. And uh, the reasons why is because uh, when they do like their, you know, pre-screening or selection, like, you, you know, you have to be very mindful of uh, their soft skills, you know, their family, their... Uh, what are the soft skills? I'll say... Uh, you know, uh, the just like the basic ones, like teamwork, you know, uh, okay, stuff like that, but also cultural, you know, like, um, and this is very normal. Like, if you go to some countries where, uh, you know, there are specific religions, um, some of them, like, they have a hard time working alone with women, you know, mm -hmm. because it's just a, their culture. And unfortunately, you can't judge someone, you can say you're wrong, you're, you're, you're right, because those are cultural things that you can't, uh, can't fix you know mm -hmm. you know uh, so you need to be very mindful where you're bringing these people because they fit they fit in some places they do and they're great workers but you can't just throw them in just any this right? one there this one there and then just so you figure have, it out you have to be mindful of that you have to be mindful that there's like enough services in the community enough uh you know uh support you know uh that they, their wives or their husbands or spouses however you want to put it you know they have access to to uh, to a job too, so there's there's a lot you know you have to take into consideration before you just say you know I'm just gonna bring you here. We have we get a lot of uh, uh, people contacting us that are already in Canada that came in and uh, they just can't adapt to certain areas. You know they're looking for something quieter. They're looking for something. So, so they you contact know. you to be basically relocated. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it happens because they just can't, you know, can't uh, integrate in the community. And I mean, they want to be, they want to have a life here, right? They're mm -hmm. just not coming to, you know, two or three years and they're going, they're going back. They want to have a life that they want to have in the right place. So, uh, I mean, some cities up here uh, in the north, uh, particularly speaking uh, with uh, Southern, because we've been spending a lot of time there, um, they are pretty ready. You know, they have everything in place. They're working to get better. They're, uh, having more support, they're trying to, uh, you know, have language training, they're trying to have, like, you know, uh, help people with, uh, with, like, their basics, like, you know, getting their same numbers, getting, you know, their, 
uh, bank accounts, things like that. Like they're trying to make them feel welcome, and uh, I think that's a big part. You know, when someone comes to, uh, you know, we gotta understand that a lot of these people are leaving their lives behind yeah. to come to new country. Their families, exactly. So, you know, when they get here, and this this happens all the time, um, you know, they don't know anybody. So if uh, you as an employer are not, you're just saying like, you know, I'm just gonna pay the lawyer, I'm gonna pay this guy, and then that's that's it. Like, figure it out. It's not. It's not like that. You know, like, how is that person gonna go from the airport to, you know, their place where they're staying? Where you know, where are they gonna stay? You know, are they gonna have groceries? Do they even know what Walmart is? Because Walmart is not in all, you know all over the world. Like, you bring people from. Africa, North Africa, or some parts of Europe. People that are used to biking or walking everywhere, and then yeah. you hit the winter here in North Bay yeah, or Southern. They don't even know, like, you know, tell them, just go to Walmart. I've Walmart? seen some people <laughs> trying to bike, and you, you can tell that they're not from here because they're trying to bike in the middle of the winter yeah. on the side of the road, and it's like, geez. So, like, that, that part, like, you know, that's like the, the soft part that you have to be mindful of. And uh, just adding on what Ivy offers. We also help with the settlement, which is that part where, like, once a person is hired, once the once the company is, you know, it's uh, made their decision, want to hire this person, now what? You know, this person needs a place to stay, needs uh to get their driver's license, their health insurance, all of that. So that's part of our offering. So we help the company. So we work together with the company to help them get all their basics. Like we actually spend like two days. Um, with the with members of our team that will take them around you know we'll go to uh to get their driver's license their g1 they get uh you know they get the sim number they go to the bank you know they take them around to show them where the uh, main services are and then the second day they uh, they take them to uh the multicultural center they take them to the ymca so they can go see the facilities and everything and then we get them ready for uh day one at work right? how complicated as a business if I'm a business, uh, and this sounds amazing, right? Like I, I know that I'm feeling the, the loss of employment. I don't have people working. Like well, how hard is it to actually go through the process? It's pretty simple. Like, uh, I mean, one thing they need to understand and this, we always tell them like immigration is not easy, mm -hmm. you know, and we can get into this later because, um, that's one thing that some people think immigration, yeah, there's so many easy ways to get. Uh, into Canada, immigration is not easy, you know, you have to... Uh, and it shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't be easy, like there is a process and it takes time. So uh, there are some programs that we are, uh, we work with, I mean, where we can get people here within a month, you know, which is pretty yes. quick, pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and I just gotta say, the higher the position, the easier it is to get them in, right? The more educated, the more... Exactly. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for an engineer or like an accountant or something like that, you can get them in faster. Uh, but if you're looking at like uh, skilled workers and, and, you know, people like that, there's a process that you have to, uh, to follow. Uh, where like we have to prove to the government that the company or us, we did the, everything we could to hire a Canadian person or a Canadian resident or a permanent resident, people that are already in Canada. We did everything we could. But it, we just couldn't find that those those people. So and that shouldn't be too hard because that's true, right? Yeah, it's, it's true, true that they, they, they can't find people. It's true, but we still have to prove it. Okay. You know, we still have to make a posting. We still have to prove, like you know, how many people are applying. You know, if there are any people applying, because in some cases there's nobody applying, 
and the post is out there for two or three months. So once we prove that, then a process starts to uh, you know get all the uh, documents, submit them to to uh, immigration, then get an answer. So if you ask me what's the range, I'd say it can go from as little as a month to uh, as long as um, in Ontario it would be about six months. That would be like the longest six. Um, looking at Quebec, it could get up to eight months, and that's uh, when you get into uh, what we call like lower um, low uh, wage uh, positions, where uh, they're under the uh, median wage in uh, in the province. So I think right now the median wage is twenty three dollars in the province of Ontario. So if they're under twenty three, the minimum wage. Medium. Oh, medium wage. Okay. Medium wage. Yeah. So uh, if it's under that, then uh, it uh, it takes longer. Okay. So there are some, like I said, there are some uh, things that we we uh, we look at when we're uh, selecting an immigration program when we're uh, trying to select a country because there are some countries that they don't have to go through that process. They can be faster. So that's uh, that's what we do. You know, that's what we uh, we do. But uh, it takes time. But it's it's worth it. You know. You can predict your uh, manpower because now you know that in six months from today you can have, you know, three, four, or five welders, and now you know you can bid on that project that you've been wanting to bid on. Okay. But you weren't sure you were you were gonna have the manpower, yeah. right? So now you're looking at, uh, you know, at uh, predictability. You know, you can you can predict, you can plan, and then you have the stability because if people stay for two or three years and like one of their concerns is what if uh, this person doesn't work out the first uh, you know for, for us period we haven't had that problem yet but uh, we give them a guarantee you know depending on the position it could be a three-month guarantee or six month guarantee six months uh, guarantee where like the person doesn't work out we just uh, replace them and find somebody else you know so uh, I'm pretty sure you can tell, you know, the first week if that person is going to yeah. work out or not. So, and we still do it because I know there's, uh, you know, there's money involved, there's uh, some risk, there's all of that involved, and uh, we just do it so that uh, they can see that what we're doing, you know, it's it's legit, it's guaranteed, and it's uh, and it's really really good. You know? Well, it comes down to in invest. I'm sure, as a business owner or operator, you you get the quote. And it's probably going to be like, what's the a range of like hiring somebody to, to do the process? Well, like, uh, it depends. Like, uh, it could go, uh, it depends on the program, like, uh, and depends on the, on the volume. It depends on the occupation. Like, but it's not uh, going to be $2,000. It's like, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it's it an costs, investment. Yeah. It's an investment. And, uh, and it's all like all this stuff that we were saying, it's included. So, you know, depending on the volume, depending on the occupation, depending on uh, on uh, like the the country they come from, like there's a lot of uh, stuff that are that are involved. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not twenty thousand because some people, oh, I don't want to pay twenty thousand. It's not ten thousand. Like you know, it's uh, it's I would say uh, I want to give you a range, but like um, well, you basically did it. So it's around yeah. there, right? Yes. And I'm sure everybody in the business charges something different because yeah. they offer something different what they do and what they won't do but like as a business owner you just gotta see is that whatever x amount of money worth to having that job filled and getting that extra contract or do i just rough it with what i have and try to see if i can find somebody 
here. Well, some some companies are just shutting down because they don't oh, have. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, like so there are some uh, restaurants, some uh, like metal pub shops that uh, they just don't have the. So they just close the, up. Yeah, they just they just close their business because so they, like those, they don't have the people. actual people that were actually working there. They get laid off. They get laid off. Yeah, because they they just can't do it, and like it's getting to a point too where like the uh, there's more. Um, demand workers than uh, their supplies so the wages are going up like crazy and uh, I mean it's understandable supply and demand but uh, I mean there are some companies that are having to overpay their workers they're having to poach them from another company and having to offer them two three four dollars more an hour just which so they cuts can... into their their profits to reinvest into the company exactly. and that's it's basically like they're choking, the own company is choking itself to death, slowly. Yeah, slowly. And uh, I'm, and one thing I, I want to make very clear is that, uh, you know, foreign workers, international workers, immigrants, however you want to call them, uh, they're not cheap labor. You know, there, is, uh, there are some laws and some regulations that we have to follow. So I keep using the example of a welder, but, uh, you know, uh, before we a company can hire someone you need to pay them you know a fair amount for for what they're doing so if uh just throwing it out there like if let's say for a welder the medium wage is 20 dollars mm -hmm. you know the company should be paying at least those 20 dollars for this person even if uh he has more experience you know he has more experience the company's like you know what, i'll pay more that's fine but at least they have to pay them they that, have like right? a base exactly okay. so now if you put it into comparison, so you're bringing someone that uh, has 10 years of experience, they're paying them $20, but you can transition that person to pay them what he should be earning with yeah. 10 years of experience. Um, but one thing I, I always tell my uh, the guys that we we bring to Canada is that, you know, you got to prove yourself first. So you can say you have 10 years of experience, but here in Canada you have zero. So mm. once you come in, you prove that you're worth those 10 years of experience and the companies are gonna compensate you. There are some companies that they even have it a, uh, like a transition, you know, where like from month, uh, day one to, uh, you know, the third month, if you know you meet this criteria, then you get a, you know, you get a raise. And okay. then, you know, they just kind of progress them to a certain amount, which is fair. But like, you know, going back to that, like you got a 10 guy with 10 years of experience that you're paying, you know, fair market price compared to someone that, you know, had the same experience, but because of the demand, you're having to, to pay more here and there. So you're looking at 20 versus someone with like, you know, you're having to pay like $30 or 35. And now these are just numbers that I'm mm -hmm. throwing out there. They're not like real numbers, but this is what we're seeing. You so get an idea. you're having to overpay someone you know, $35 an hour when he should be, he or she should be making between 25 and 28. So, you know, these things have a, an impact in their bottom line, like day one, you know, they're paying fair market value to these workers and they're not underpaying them. They're getting good quality and they're getting, you know, a stability, you know, they, they, one of the problems that the companies have with this worker is like, they have to tell me, you know, you gotta stop working, you know, you gotta, take it easy because they just keep wanna, you know, they just wanna 
Oh, yeah, they say yeah. that, but people come here and, and they want to... Yeah, it's like, yeah, like yeah, can I get more hours? Can I get yeah. more hours? Like, that's that's something very common. Like so they, the pro- That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's one of the things. So, like, you know, sometimes, like, can you tell your guy that he can only work, like, you know... Yeah, you, know, you can't stay overnight and, and work. <laughs> no, like, it, it happens. Like, I, I talk to some of these uh, this, uh, workers when I'm interviewing them. And, like, just out of curiosity, like, uh, what's your, uh, you know, how many hours do you do a week? Well, some of them are like 55, 60 hours. That's normal. That's normal. Yeah. That's and not like, overtime. That's yeah. Normal. And then when I tell them, it's like, why? You know, am I going to be working more there? And like, <laughs> now you're working 40 hours, like 40. <laughs> like, yeah, 40 Jeez. hours. <laughs> it's like, is that normal? I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. You know, can I do overtime? Like, yeah, you can do a lot of overtime. Like the, the company will love you if you want to stay yeah. and, and, and work a little bit longer. So <laughs> if you yeah. get a lot of like, obviously you get a lot of applications, right? from outside the country like we do other- we do get a lot of applications i mean we're being pretty targeted to be honest alex like uh at the beginning we took an approach where like you know let's just you know try to gather as many people as we can and then we'll try to find them jobs but it's tough because um there's way too many people interested in canada so now what we do we do it the other way around we're employer driven so whatever the company needs that's what we look for okay so um they are paying us to find them workers for them so we look for the the exact skills that they they're looking for you know a lot of the times you'll hear people that happens to us like some immigration consultants come to us i have a lot of customers that want to you know there are uh, engineers there are cnc programmers but like that doesn't guarantee us that they are the best for that position. So we need to be very mindful when we're doing that, that we're bringing the people specifically for, for the company, for the company needs. That's, that's how we do it. Okay. And as, a, as an immigrant from Mexico, like what's your experience? You've just been here for a while now, right? About eight years, nine years. Uh, I think it's gonna be nine years, I don't know. So I lost, like I lost the process was success, like you're happy here. So I would tell you like, I'll tell my, my, my process, but I'll also tell you what, what our goal is in, uh, in Ivy is that, you know, we bring someone from a temporary status all the way to permanent residency and citizenship. So like we, this is a whole journey that we, we want to go through, you know, from day one, when they come with the work permit all the way until they can get their citizenship. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to work for it. They have to follow a, 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 uh, it, a path they have to play by the system by the rules and everything and they can get to that point uh speaking for myself that's that's what i did you know i came in as a student first i i started a little bit before that so i came in as a student first um i paid my international fees because um, some people don't know but like international students we pay three times more than yeah. what a uh, canadian student would pay so uh, i paid my fees um, I graduated, I got a job, then I got my work permit. So I got my work permit, I got a job, and I worked for like three years and I applied for a permanent residency. So that gives me the right to stay in Canada without having to renew my, mm-hmm. uh, my work permit. And once I got to, um, I think X amount of years, I can't even remember, I think it was five years or, uh, yeah, around five years, then I was able to apply for my citizenship and I just got it last, uh, like August 1st, I got my citizenship finally. So Canadian, huh? 
Canadian, so I went, like I said, it, it's, it's... I see it too, because you're getting a little wider. <laughs> yeah, that's because I haven't been in the sun. <laughs> yeah. you know? But no, like, it's, uh, it was a great journey, and it is a great journey, and like, a lot of people think, you know, you get to, to citizenship and that's it, you know? I feel like now as a citizen, um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, leaving Mexico behind, because I, I was born and, raised in, born and raised in Mexico, and uh, I still have all my family there, but like as a citizenship of Canada as well, like you have more responsibilities now, right? Because now you want to be a good uh, example for people that want to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you want to to show them uh, or try to share with them the, the right practices or the right things to do based on my experience. Like I said, I'm not going to say they're right or wrong, but uh, you have more responsibility. You have more... Uh, more things to look for and uh, I mean I'm pretty pretty happy to be part of this of this country like since day one they've uh, made me feel uh, like home they made me feel like you know I was one of them and uh, that's a feeling that you just don't get anywhere you know like I think uh, Canada I mean it's it's uh, it's a fact that is one of the best uh, countries in the world to live I think it's like top three just uh, you know, with the Scandinavian countries and Australia. But uh, it is truly one of the best countries in the world to live. You know, I had an opportunity to to work in Italy for a while. Great place, great country, great culture. You know, I had an, I had an opportunity to travel in different parts of the world. And uh, just the the culture here, you know, the, the welcoming, the the warmth of, of, of the people in the community, it's, uh, it's different, you know, and uh, and and it's it's been great, you know. It's um, it's good, and that's why like I'm doing this because I'm not just uh, an office person that said, you know, I'm just not international recruitment, and I don't know anything about international recruitment. Like I lived it, uh, I experienced it myself. Anthony, my business partner, he's seen the other side, the operational side, and I think uh, together we put something really good, really interesting because we can. Um, he can relate to the companies having this struggle mm -hmm. and I can relate to the people that are, you know, dreaming of Canada and dreaming to have an opportunity to come to Canada. And you studied, uh, you're an engineer, right? Mechatronics engineer okay. from uh, Mexico and uh, I studied a uh, uh, machinist program in, in So Canada. you got kind of both, both worlds, you can understand. Yeah. I got like the... Yeah, the theoretical side and the uh, you know the engineer side, but at the same time, I also had the the practical side, the machine. Like when I got here, like this is something a lot of people don't understand, and this is going from both sides, you know, from the applicants and immigrants to um, you know the companies. Like you need to take a step back sometimes, you know. Uh, I was a, a mechatronics engineer. I had to start as an operator. You know, for me, like I graduated from uh, ITESM or Tecnológico Monterrey, which is, if not the best, one of the best uh, universities in Mexico and Latin America. And uh, I came to Canada and I was uh, I was running a machine. No disrespect for, for any of those people, but, you know, I've gone to school for like four and a half years. I paid a lot of money to, to, to get a degree from that school and, and I had to step back. You can't be too proud to start. You need to... to, to to be willing to roll your sleeves, mm. sleeves and like, you know, go at it. You know, it's not just like, you know, I'm coming from Mexico and they're from Colombia or from 
whatever part in the world and I'm gonna expect to be treated the same way or to have the same uh, kind of uh, life that I had in, in, in my other country like you gotta be willing to put the work in you know yeah. you gotta be willing to to uh, to change to adapt and I mean that's that's what I did and, and it paid off you know I mean it was a little bit hard at the beginning like the kind of swallow for you eh? what was like the hardest part of it all um, the first I think it's um, adapting to the company's culture because it's different you know you always have um, some people that are a little bit I mean there are some people that are super nice some people are not very helpful so um, you know you gotta face that mm -hmm. some people that are uh, you know I mean you know that you can do more and that's that's like what frustrates you sometimes I remember looking at the machines looking at the robots and I was operating the machine and I'm like the guys were having problems, like the setups were having problems, like troubleshooting the robots. I'm like, I can do that. You know, I know, and I was like, oh, you know, this is what we do here. You go and like, you do your quiet. thing, yeah. Go to your spot. And yeah. eventually I had the opportunity to show them that I could do it. And I mean, it was great, you know, but uh, I think that was that part of it. It was where like, you know, you feel like you can do more, but because um, you have the knowledge, you have the experience, but you have to play by the rules. You have to play by, you know, what uh, what the company wants to do, what the supervisor wants to do. And uh, they have the reasons, you know, the mm -hmm. safety reasons is like, uh, I don't know, sometimes it's just uh, bureaucracy or whatever, but like you have to do it and you have to be willing to, to uh, you know, to put, to, to put up with that. And uh, I mean, eventually it pays off. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's one of the, the hardest part. After that, like, I mean, I just loved it. Like, I, I mean, I'm doing this. I mean, I'm an engineer, but like, a lot of people ask me, so how do you go from like programming robots and CNC machines or yeah, three D designing and all that, that to uh, you know just doing recruitment and immigration? I mean, one of the cool things that I get to do is that when I walk into a machining shop and they're asking me for machinists, mm -hmm. I know exactly what they're looking for. You know, I'm not not just talking like. In another language to me, they start talking about machines, about controllers, about anything, you know, they talk about welding, CNCs, electrical, electronics, anything related to that, like uh, that's that's my area of expertise and that, uh, that makes me feel good because I know when I'm looking for someone, I'm going to find the right people. I'm not just going to be, okay, you know, say that you know Siemens, Schneider, okay, good, no, I'm like, what do you know about that? You know, how do you, you do a program? You know, test them. Yeah, I, I test inside them. Inside about the company, exactly. and machines, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. I go there and like, I even talk to like, I talk to HR person and then, um, then I talk to like sometimes with the uh, engineering manager or the maintenance uh, superintendent because those are the ones that are, you know, that know the technical part, right? So I talk to them and like, tell me, you know, well, you know, you just look it up on the job description. Like, I want to know. It's like, I mean, I know this stuff. So, like, you know, we start going really deep and we find those people. And that's it. That's it. Uh, like, again, like, cool thing about international recruitment. We can find those people. It's not like, I just want a programmer. Whatever. We'll train you. Okay. For us, it's like, you know, what kind of programmer do you want? You know, do you want, tell me what controllers, tell me what programs. And then we can find those guys, those those people. So businesses up here in the north or all in Canada shouldn't be scared of recruitment. No. See, one of the questions and that we get, and this is a pretty pretty good question actually, Alex, is that um, 
cuddling, like a lot of times they think like anything uh, south of the States, uh, people are not prepared. Like they don't know what they're doing. Their education is lower. Like that's something like today. Like do they have CNC machines? Do they have electricity? Do they have this? Do they? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they do. You know, and like if you look at, and I'm using Mexico because um, I, I've I've been spending a lot of time there. I'm from Mexico, but in the in the industry, like you know, you have companies like you know uh, Chrysler, GM. Uh, Bombardier, uh, Safran, um, I mean, I can keep naming companies, Schlumberger. I mean, those companies are working with, you know, I mean, American standards, Canadian standards. And uh, I mean, the people are out there, they know exactly how, how you know, things work. And it's exactly the same thing that they have in Canada. So, the, yes, they do have the experience. Yes, they do have the the knowledge and the, uh, the studies and, and everything. Like, these people are very capable of uh, doing the, the, the work, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there's nothing to be concerned about uh, credentials or education, like they are educated. And I mean, on top of that, we still do our testing. So it's not like, you know, I'm just going by whatever you're saying, no, this, this is the proof, this is what we do. And uh, this is what they can do. And we just prove them and uh, show them what they can do. You guys are kind of kicking ass too, right? Because you guys are all over the place. We are like um, working a lot. It, it, like uh, we started like before we even started like uh, going to businesses up here. We uh, we made an assessment on like the community, see if they were ready or not, because um, we didn't want to bring workers and immigrants and then uh, being blamed that they didn't stay because uh, they couldn't integrate, but they couldn't integrate because they didn't have the services, so they didn't have the conditions to integrate, right? So uh, we started with that. We spent a lot of time uh, just doing that, creating partnerships, uh, going to like government uh, uh, organizations, uh, private organizations, schools, you know, trying to understand if there was a support that uh, these people needed. And once we found that, then we started, you know, uh, doing our business development. But uh, before that, it was just like, you know, knowing the, the community, knowing uh, more about the, the needs, the, the struggles, the things that they've tried in the past so that we made sure that we weren't just redoing what they did in the past and, you know, just uh, failing at, at doing that. So business are good today. I mean, I can't complain. Like we <laughs> hardly had time today to stop by and, yeah. um, and uh, you know, have a chat with you, but I uh, know it's, it's exciting. There's a, uh, I mean, for people that are, uh, are listening and like are interested in Northern Ontario, like, uh, I mean, North Bay, Sudbury, you know, that, I mean, Sault Ste. Marie, you know, Timmins, like there's a lot of things there, you know, there are a lot of things in this area. There's a lot of industry. There's a lot of uh, jobs. There are a lot of things to do. You know, you guys can come, you know, a little bit north of uh, Barry, and they can find a lot of uh, stuff. And uh, that's, that's the reason why I started my business up here because it's a little less crowded. You have more room to actually expand and try new things. Because if I started a media company down south in Toronto area, what GTA? Jesus, I would have had to take funding to even compete with uh, the big guys, and but it you, would have been difficult. And up here, I can just expand and. But that, that's one thing, Alex, but another thing is that you need to be from the area, you know, mm -hmm. like you need to be from this, from have some sort of attachment or experience in, in a smaller community or in that community 
because uh, I mean, how would you understand the market if you've never been in this area? You don't know, like, you know, what the community is like, what they're looking for, what is it like to, you know, start a business up here. I mean, you're a smart guy, and uh, I've seen like all the work that you've done, and uh, I mean, but you've lived in smaller towns. You've uh, experienced that. You know, you were in the city for a long time. Oh, geez. Like, I went to elementary school in Brussels, Ontario. Uh, which is like you said, they closed down the elementary school where I went to because they were, they had two classes, like grade six and seven and four, like mixed together. And then when I graduated, like when I left elementary school, they closed it and there's like a 2000 population, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm used to the small towns and stuff yeah. like that. Because that, I've seen it, Alex, where like there's some, and I'm not saying like it can't be done, but like some people that have never experienced it and uh, they're kind of from a bigger city thinking, you know, we can kick ass here in yeah. a smaller town. They just don't, you know, they don't have the right approach with people. They don't, uh, um, they don't use the right branding. They don't use the right words. Like it's, it's different. You know, you may think, you know, North Bay, et is the same thing. It's not the same, you know, they, they are slightly different and there's a, a slightly different, there's a slight difference. Um, from like Barrie to Sudbury or from Barrie to North Bay. So you need to, to really have experienced that to, to be able to, to understand the market, to understand the people and to understand what, uh, what works and what doesn't, you know, so. I'm happy you guys are here and bringing more people, no, making the market bigger. It was nice. And, uh, honestly, like, uh, thank you for, uh, for the, uh, for the opportunity to, uh, to be here, uh, talking to, to you and, uh, sharing with you, you know, what we do. And, um, you know, I'm glad to, to be able to, to work with, uh, you know, a business like yours. And I mean, I should say, I don't know if you've ever mentioned it, but like you're from Mexico too. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mexican you know? too, so I know so that. So even though you don't look like yeah. very Mexican, but like, <laughs> you know, you were, you were in, in Mexico. So it's, it's cool to see like this, you know, and, and you're another example, you know, um, you're, uh, you're starting a company up here. You're employing people, you're, you know, you're creating employment, right? So you're helping the community. And uh, you're trying to make a name for for yourself up here, and you know that's that's great. And uh, you know I'm glad uh, we we had the opportunity to stop by, and, and I mean I'll be you know more than happy to join you any other time. You know it was yeah, it was sure. fun. It was and fun. If any companies have questions? Are you guys okay with answering stuff? Or are you the type that you gotta pay us first, and then we'll answer a couple questions? No, no. Like honestly, like if it's uh like I mean we always say like if. Uh, you know, you said, you know, I, I was, I was talking to you guys and, or I, I heard your, uh, your uh, podcast or your, I saw your video with, uh, with Alex and New Ray Media, like, you know, we'll stop by, uh, you know, without any, any charges. We'll go there. We'll talk to yeah, them and, uh, we'll, uh, awesome. we'll make an assessment and, uh, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll do a free of charge. Like, you know. Awesome. That's the next time, buddy. Well, thanks. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for the time. Yeah. And, uh, we'll hopefully we'll, we'll do this, uh, again sounds good all right hey guys thanks for listening please share and subscribe to the podcast if it brought you any value